Today's guest is Alan Mitchell, a Democrat running for County Council District 23. Alan is joined in that race by David C. Mitchell, also a Democrat running in County Council District 23. In the general election in November, Ben Carper will join them as a Republican. While Alan's our guest today, David is another guest on a different podcast where we recorded with him. At this time, Ben Carper has not responded to our invitation, but we do hope to have him on in the future. Alan, welcome to the podcast. I so much appreciate your willingness to join me here on the bus. So we are, um, for our listeners, we're riding the bus today with Alan Mitchell, who's one of the candidates for District 23 for County Council. So thanks for being here today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, good. Well, tell me about your experience with riding the bus. Um, has, is this the first time you've been on Greenlink, and where have you done other, other bus rides in your life? No, this is not the first time on Greenlink. I've been riding the bus before Greenlink was even started. Okay. I lived in Nippletown, and we would ride the bus downtown Greenville to do our shopping before we had all the big shopping centers and everything, and it was always a great experience be on the bus with my grandmother. Oh, wow. And you know with grandmothers, you can always get something at the store. <laughs> we also had to ride the city bus when we were going to school. Okay. We would go to, I think it was Woolworths at the time, transfer, and go to Sterling. So it was a lot of fun on the bus. So you have really fond memories of the bus from your childhood. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, and then what about as an adult? Have you ridden the bus much as an adult? When I went to school in Cleveland, Ohio, we had bus transit there. We had rapid transit there, which is a rail. And I would always take those because I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. So it was always very convenient. And I learned a lot about the system as it grew mm-hmm. in Cleveland. And I wanted to come back to Greenville and bring some of those experiences with me to help Greenlink grow. Mm-hmm. Well, well, let's talk a little bit more about that. So. With your candidacy for county council, do you have specific things in mind? Is there a reason that you're running for county council that you want to specific things that you maybe want to accomplish? Or and, and this doesn't have to be specific to transit; right. it could be anything. There's, but well, the primary reason I want to run for county council is because I feel like county council needs a strong voice on the council for the people, something that represents the people. And I feel like I am that candidate who can bring that strong voice because. I have a lot of experience in a lot of different areas, and by being on county council, I know that we have federal money coming in, we have state money coming in, we have county budget, and I would be able to massage some of those and make sure that the money can be distributed fairly evenly and not really put it all in one area of development. We don't need all industry or we don't need all commercial. We need industry, commercial, affordable housing. We need transit improvements. We need road improvements, infrastructure, all of those things. And I want to be able to do that on county council. Okay. Well, now with those kind of things that you've identified within infrastructure, right? I would, I would even say that almost that entire list, most people would say are infrastructure type um, investments and that sort of stuff in the mm-hmm. community. With those, have you thought, do you have a a plan or some thoughts around that funding about how to get more funding for those type of uh, infrastructure improvements that you just mentioned? I don't want to tell everybody everything yet. Okay. (laughs) But uh, I do have experience with uh, HUD 
Okay. And I would like to get more HUD funding in if we can get it through the state and into the county. I would also like to get Department of Transportation funding in mm-hmm. because I know that GreenLink does not have enough money to operate properly. And I'd like to get more money into the county budget and in from the federal government so that we can boost up the funding for GreenLink and be able to have a much more efficient and much more effective operating system. I got here and I was trying to take the bus to a couple of events downtown at what was then the Bilo Center, the wellness arena now. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh boy, this is going to be great. Don't have to worry about parking or yep. anything. I go downtown, I enjoy the event, and I come back and I saw where I could get downtown with no problem, but I couldn't get home. Yep. <laughs> the bus has stopped. The bus has stopped. Now, That's right. So we've done some work and we've gotten some improvements from that because I've been on the Citizens Transit Academy and we've talked about that and while I was there we were able to recommend and get some of the uh, bus routes extended. Mm -hmm. So basically the buses go to 11 o'clock. Yeah, that's been one of the major improvements that have happened is in the last, in the most recent years. So for, for our listeners, for them to know, so in 2018, um, the county actually increased their support um, for, for GreenLink. And so now they cover about 60% of what we consider local match. Um, and then 40% of that local match comes from the city. And so that increase on the county side was a huge improvement because it does allow those, those extra hours to happen. Um, are you very familiar with the transit development plan, Alan, the one that GreenLink has developed for the next for the coming years and that sort of stuff? Have you? We reviewed it okay. while I was on the transit committee. But I didn't study it in, in detail. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. That's fine. I was just asking because a lot of that stuff that's going to unveil. So we've got the um, uh, GreenLink's planning a maintenance facility, which should come online in 2023. with that. Yep. And so um, allowing them to have more buses and go from every 60 minutes for frequency to every 30. So they're going to double their fleet. Um, and then in the next, the next kind of part of that is to add more routes and also more Sunday service as well. Um, and just being able to really expand that, um, I think in the end it's going to be close to 100,000 more rides a year they're expecting um, right. for through, through those kind of additional expansions. Right. Well, when I was on the planning commission before, we were trying to focus in on downtown Granville. Mm-hmm. So we developed the system that we refer to as the spoked wheel system. Everything was being funneled into downtown. So even our bus routes, everything was funneled downtown. We would make all our connections at the the main center downtown, the transfer station. But now, since we have downtown thriving again, I think we need to do some more interconnectivity throughout the city. So one of the things I'd like to do is be able to have a bus that may go down Lawrence Road. And if it's going all the way to Malden, but a person wants to go out Woodruff Road without having to go downtown to catch the Woodruff Road bus, they could get off at Lawrence Road, pick up the Woodruff Road bus, and head east on Woodruff Road. So kind of some more connections, more nodes of transfer outside of the... transfer outside of downtown. Okay. And I think some of that's in some of those plans and efficiencies and things like that that may be coming. I think what's been interesting is I've reviewed some of that stuff from GreenLink and... Um, their planning department's looking really far ahead and 
um, upgrading a lot of the bus stops. And I mean, I've just got these plans that are really specific for the next 18 months and then a little less specific for the next few years, just because they don't know which way Greenville's going to grow, right? It's where is that going to happen? So I want to ask you a little bit about that. What are your thoughts around the growth that's happening right now in Greenville and, and how that may strain our infrastructure or, or, you know, what kind of thought needs to go into that, the phenomenon that's going on right now in our county? Right. Growth is always good, I think, but haphazard growth is not. We need to do more planning for the growth and more preparation. The subsurface infrastructure, for instance, is inadequate. A lot of our systems are 100 years old, and you can't put a brand-new building on a 100-year-old bones and skeleton system and expect that system to support this new building, especially when you have a lot of new buildings like we have in Greenville. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that when we know we're going to have growth in a specific area, we need to make sure that we have something where we review the subsurface systems and the above ground utilities, etc., to make sure that they're adequate. If they have not been reviewed, then we need to review them with scopes and cameras and things. Uh, Be ready for cracks and breaks so that we can not have to run out and do emergency repairs. Mm -hmm. I know just from experience that if you go in and you build your subsystems, your subgrade systems first, then you can have quality up above. It's like I tell people all the time. If you're going to build a building, you can't start on the second floor and build it up. You have to have a good foundation. And once you have that good foundation, then you can put anything you want on. Then you can do some other stuff there, too. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that the old Greenville News Building was designed to be a 10-story building. They put all the systems in for the the two stories that they had. But they said if we want to expand, we could go up. And those are the kinds of things that need to be looked at more. Yeah, that's really thoughtful and planful and allows that kind of growth that we might see, but we're, but we're not sure. Without having to go back and tear everything mm-hmm. up. Yeah, not having to jackhammer up the, the streets and sidewalks <laughs> and things. Well, what do you think about um, the, the county's going through the Unified Development Ordinance right now, that whole process for through the county, um, and we're starting to see the modules and those things are coming out. Have you had a chance to engage with any of that process or think through? I know they've got... Um, think module two is going to be the land development ordinance specifically which is i think some of the stuff you're talking about right now not as much specifically with the county because i was working with the city at the time mm-hmm. because the city is talking about the yeah they're also the doing LMO. Yeah. <laughs> but i have looked at the county's uh, ordinance and i don't think that we've had enough engagement from everybody in that process. Okay. Who's missing? I don't think everybody is really understanding all of it. When you read it, it looks more like it's written for the professionals. Mm -hmm. And when a person comes in off the street and says, well, I want to do this with agriculture or I want to do this with commercial, they may not realize all the ins and outs. So I'm thinking that before we have people actually apply for permits, put money down, start making their final plans, there should be an opportunity for a review process 
so that they can go to an office or an entity and be able to learn more about what it's really going to be like for them if they get parcel A and want to develop it because they may need to close their parcel C mm-hmm. rather than parcel A because of the different kind of zoning that might have. Yeah. Now you mentioned that some people are not part of the process that need to be. Are there is there anybody specific that you feel like is, is getting left out of that the uh, public my, engagement? It's not that they are purposely left out, mm-hmm. but my my thought is that the general person, the average citizen in Greenville just may not fully understand that whole process and and what it's going to do. It is better than it would have been before where you had to go to three different entities to have to try to deal with what you want to do. Now you can go to one entity and everything is pretty much there in a nutshell. Okay, so it's more about allowing it to be more understandable by the by the average citizen and yes. allowing them as they develop this ordinance and kind of go through the process that more people really understand what it means and how it may impact them. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's kind of what I've certainly seen in, in Greenville. So I grew up in the upstate and uh, my grandparents were here in Greenville and aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff. So we're here a All lot. Right. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it's changed a lot since I was a little kid and we're, we've moved back to the area. And I have to say, I'm blown away by the um, number of roads, number of cars, mm-hmm. number of people, number of strip malls, all the different things, right? Because we've, we've needed to put all these things in place because of the sheer number of people that no, want to move to this area. Um, and one of the things, the statistics that recently came across that really sticks out to me is that um, I think there's going to be an anticipated 47% increase in the population of Greenville County right. by 2040. So if you're elected... What are some things that you, in, like you said, being planful and intentional, what are some things that need to happen now within our transit system, within our other infrastructure, that sort of stuff, to get ready for that three-quarter of a million people that would be our new population numbers? One of our primary transit modes is the automobile. Mm-hmm. And we've already done great progress with the Gateway Project. But there are other roads and streets that we need to look at it to determine what our arterial roads are going to be, what our primary streets are going to be, and see if everything is still where it should be. Mm-hmm. As we start to grow, there may be streets that need to be widened. If they do need to be widened, then is there room for sidewalks on those streets to... Oh, let's give us some sidewalks, uh, Alan. Uh, That'd uh, be so good. <laughs> to accommodate <laughs> the walkers. Uh, do we have enough bike lanes or shared lanes on the streets? Those are some of, just a few of the things that I would like to see us take a look at. Uh, related to automobile, pedestrian, mm-hmm. bikes. When it comes to transit, we might need to look at not only Greenlink, but other modes of transit and other operators of transit. There may be uh, a rail system that we might want to look at. There may be a pod system we might want to look at. There may be a taxi system like an Uber or something that we might want to look at. Because if we can interconnect all of those, like Greenlink is trying to do now, because if you look up on your um, 
on your GreenLink app, you can see where you can go so far, and then they have a suggestion for, okay, you can take Uber from here. Right. Okay. And they'll even let you help you call it. Yes. You can click on that on the app, which right. is, I think, pretty and handy. And that's a lot of good connectivity mm-hmm. that we'll need to do. But primarily, we're going to have to look at our existing structures and infrastructure to see if it's adequate. We might have to spend some money on some studies, but I don't want to overstudy stuff because you can use the money that you would be putting in the studies and put it towards the actual production. There are a lot of studies already done that we can possibly just review Mm -hmm. and see if we can move forward on some of those so that we can be better prepared. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think we... That overstudy thing can certainly happen in uh, in government. A lot of times people go, oh, but we need to look at it. And, and you do need to update it, right? Things need, may need to change. You need to make sure it's still accurate. But but I think that's a good point that you make there. Yeah. One of the studies that came out, um, the Piedmont Health Foundation did a study in 2015 about investment in transit. So they were the ones who really got this going in our community. Um, so, yep. And uh, I believe you were part of that, uh, Alan. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you a little bit about was looking back at that time in 2015 when that study was specifically around the investment per capita here in Greenville County compared to other communities. So at the time, we were investing about $3.68. We were pretty low. Pretty low. We were the lowest of all the cities that were looked at. Um, and with that county investment that I mentioned before, it, it went up to around $8 an hour. Right. Uh, not, not an hour, I'm sorry. It went up to $8 per capita. We're still the lowest, even if you look at the 2015 numbers. And all those other cities have increased their investment along the way, too. So knowing that and knowing your history with both the, the study and the information and kind of how that's all come along, what kind of grade would you give us as a community for you know, seeing the data and responding to the data? How well do we do that here in Greenville, would you say? I have to give us an A on responding, but I'm more at a D on the action plan because we still haven't really done that much. Yes, we've increased the the hours. We're working on the deadhead so that we can try to move it from an hour maybe to a half hour. I'd like to see things at 10, 15 minutes if it's Mm -hmm. possible. But that's also going to take a re-education of the populace. A lot of people don't think they can go anywhere unless they're in a vehicle, a car, primarily. And I know from a person who has been in a city where you ride the bus, you ride the train all the time, you go do your shopping, you, you go to your entertainment venues, you go out to a restaurant, whatever you want to do. And if we can get people to understand that, especially the workforce from going to their home to wherever they work. If we can provide something for them to get there and back, then that's going to make a huge difference. So from where we were in 2015 to where we are now, we've made some progress, but it's been like incremental progress as far as I'm concerned. One thing that has helped us, I think, is Proterra buses has come here. And when they came, I was so excited because it's like, wow, we're going to have electric buses. And GreenLink kept having the diesel buses. And they were talking about buying more diesel buses. I pulled a couple of the board members aside and I said, wait a minute. So we have Proterra. Let's try to get some electric buses. He said, well, we can't afford those. <laughs> I was going to say they're, they're more expensive, but 
but they, they were expensive. But they but Greenlink has gotten some capital right. investment. Right. So we I think well, one got, of the things that I had suggested is that you go in with Proterra, talk to them about what this does to promote their company. And then Proterra can talk about Greenville using their buses. So you have a win-win. So we got our first bus. Yep. We want people to come to Greenville and enjoy the tourism and things that we have here in Greenville. We don't want them to come and want to go to an entity, and they can't enjoy that entity because we don't have the workforce there. Yeah. Well, and I think that the pandemic really demonstrated that, right? Is all of a sudden... And, and we're still feeling the impacts of we that. We still are. Yep. There's still some reduced hours at our favorite stores or restaurants or things like that or unique days that they need to be closed because they couldn't get coverage. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next months and years as, you know, does the workforce rebound? Do we do we find those people back again? Are they able to get around, right? Or do we Are they mobile enough? Do we have the housing they need to be close enough in to make it worth their while to to be the That's right. service providers in a downtown hotel or, or whatever. That's right. Yeah, it really is all interconnected. I think, I think that's that's one of the things I enjoy about this the most is it, it's really that string that once you pull it, it all it can all come together or all fall apart. <laughs> Let's hope that it comes together. Let's hope it Let's comes together. Let's tighten it up rather than. I know, I know. I think that's a really that's a very good. Let point. it unravel. Is there anything, Alan, that you wanted to make sure you you covered during this podcast? that our listeners may be interested in? I'm a sincere candidate for Greenville County Council. I have worked with Xanthine Norris, who's the councilwoman, the current councilwoman, for the past 10 years trying to give her ideas and let her mentor me uh, along for this position. And I'm ready. So hopefully I can reach the people. I have two primary points, improved infrastructure and more affordable housing. And I want to be able to engage our local citizens to come up with my third set of points, not just one, but my third set of points, because there are a lot of good ideas in the community and with the citizens, things that they need and things that they want. I don't know everything. I don't pretend to know everything. I've already gotten a lot of good suggestions, and I plan to take those suggestions to council, win or lose, and make sure that we get things that citizens need in Greenville County. So let's all band together and make sure we can grow in some harmony. I think with that, that's a wonderful last word from you. So thank you so much. I really do appreciate it, Alan. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bussin', the Greenville Transit podcast, has been brought to you by Greenville Connects and is produced by the Greenville Podcast Company. Please make sure to check us out and give us five stars so everybody can find us. Thanks, guys.